Welcome to Red Maryland Radio, the Red Maryland Network's flagship show. Here are your hosts, Brian Griffiths and Greg Klein. And we are live here on Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network, coming to you live from the Al Davis Studio on the bucolic western shore of Maryland, along the banks of the semi-historic Magadie River. You are listening to the Voice of Maryland, Red Maryland Radio. I am your host, Brian Griffiths, with me in studio, Greg Klein. Good to be here. This will be a 100% Star Wars free show, okay? So you can, yes. you can avoid... Avoid all was of that, that in question? nonsense. Well, Star Wars. Everybody else is talking about Star Wars. Do you like? Do you take the Star Wars? You're not a Star Wars. You're not a pop culture kind of guy. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> uh, okay. But we have a lot to talk about here. I threw um, them off, folks. You, well, you did. So, and um, a lot of things are happening. So. Nothing's happening. You're just introducing the show. I don't know what else is happening. We're all sitting a here. A lot's for happening, you. Greg. There's a lot of okay. Maryland politics that okay. we're going to talk about. All right, focus. Um, we've got, you know, we'll talk a little bit about your article this week about facts being stubborn things. They are. As it relates to guns and a proposal uh, for new carry legislation. We'll talk about sexual harassment in the General Assembly, which. <laughs> that's it. I That's something we're talking about. Probably yeah. more than one discussion about it for sure. Uh, yeah. We'll talk a little bit about net neutrality and what's going on here in Maryland. We'll talk a little bit about payment of secretaries, uh, cabinet secretaries. Let me, let me make that perfectly clear. That could go a whole different direction. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> hey, those. No, I'm not even going to talk about a joke. I was going to make a joke. We'll talk about the new nonpartisan director of legislative services yeah. and what you're really here for tonight, by the way, the results of the Red Maryland poll and the finalists for the yeah, Red Maryland awards. Some That's, surprises. I don't know. I Look, I've I've not seen the poll results. I don't know who the finalists are. I got teased a little bit. I got a little bit of a tease from Brian before the show, and I am fascinated personally to hear the results yeah so what we and are i know you will be as well and we're taking your phone calls at 760-259-2711 and we won't wait we won't tease that the whole way through the show right we want to make sure we get to it we talk we'll about get to it oh we will get to it we will All get right. to it um right. i just want to get a couple things out of the way first a couple hot well, we have items. a lot of hot items little hot items we want to get about. away first first we'll talk about this new director of the uh of legislative services yes. who is the chief of staff to senate president Mike Long time Miller. chief of staff. Ten, ten plus years. Yeah. Um, Greg. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the legislative services department supposed to be nonpartisan? It is. It is. It is nonpartisan. That's what they keep telling us. Yeah, they keep telling us that. But you have a long time chief of staff to the long time Senate president who yeah, here's, here, died here's, in the wool Democrat. Now I know that in the Sun article, right. That J.B. Jennings, Senate Minority Leader, right. is saying that she's been great, but. At the end of the day, you're still appointing a partisan to head legislative service. Yeah, and I know the Senate Democrats got some butt hurt when you point. Here's the thing. You got the longtime chief political lieutenant of one of the most partisan politicians in the fourth century history of Maryland being appointed to an ostensibly nonpartisan position. You can't see air quotes and on you the radio. Think that no, and you don't think there's legitimate, uh, there's legitimate uh, doubt as to whether somebody like that could be nonpartisan. And it's nice that our friend, J- who is our friend, who is a great guy, J.B. Jennings said something nice about her after she was appointed. You think that immunizes or 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 keeps away very, very reasonable and very rational cynicism about that choice? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So 
It's just another the, the circle of corruption for the Democrats just keeps spinning round and right. Round if you wanted somebody who wasn't going to be questioned about their ability to be nonpartisan, you'd probably elect somebody who wasn't the chief political lieutenant of one of the most partisan politicians in the history of the state. Yeah. And by the way, that's not the only big partisan news that came out today. Breaking news this afternoon from the courts. Um, the courts. And you'll be able to explain dun, the, dun, You'll be able to explain a little bit more dun, about dun, that. Dun, dun. The for those of you who don't know or haven't been paying attention, Wendy Schul- Wendy Peters, excuse me. Uh, well, and that was some sort of and Dennis Dennis Schrader, yes. um, two cabinet secretaries from the Hogan administration. That's correct. Were have not been paid since July because the Senate did not confirm them. Their, um, their, their nominations were withdrawn, and they were reappointed to their positions. Well, they and were. So they're they're in an acting state right now. Okay, well, let's let's back up because it's more complicated than that. These were people who were being appointed by the governor. The state senate hinted they weren't going to approve them. There's a lot of shenanigans going on about a lot of fault or all even. The governor withdrew their appointments with with the obvious idea of appointing them when the legislature was in recess making them a recess appointment. The legislature, anticipating that move, put budget language in the budget saying, if you appoint these people, you ain't going to pay them. There's no mo- You can't pay them. And so they were appointed as recess appointments, as, uh, as Judge Silkworth ruled, uh, perfectly legal and appropriate and constitutional recess appointments. The um, comptroller sent whatever document is, it's a warrant or a whatever it is, to the cash, the treasurer of the state saying, you need to pay this. She refused to pay it at the direction of the legislature. And so there was this litigation. And um, Judge Silkworth, who is not a particularly partisan judge, uh, I've been in front of Judge Silkworth many times, uh, he ruled that uh, in, a, in a long, detailed opinion in which he cites the Schistler case, which I litigated many years ago, um <clears throat> uh, Trying not to throw my back out, my arm out, patting my back. Yeah, for real. Um, that this that this was an invasion by the legislature of the governor's unquestionable uh, constitutional ability to make recess appointments. That essentially, this Maryland Constitution allows the governor to make recess appointments without interference from the legislature, and that th- doing this via budget language was an improper. Uh, was a violation of Maryland's separation of powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I cited the Schiltzer case, and that it was unconstitutional, right. and that these people needed to be paid. That now that's that's my three minute summary of a thirty page opinion, but that's what he found. Now, um, this is this is certainly going to be appealed. Already has been, um, I believe, and I'm sure the Court of Appeals will take this probably mm-hmm. in an expeditious fashion, maybe not, but but we'll take this up. Uh, and I've litigated in front of this current court of appeals. I don't know how they're going to turn out. It's not the court of appeals that was there when, when I argued the Schisler case, twelve years ago, or however long ago it was. So we'll see. Yeah, it obviously has huge implications because it does directly impact the separation of powers between governor and legislature. If the legislature wins, they're going to have greater authority in in contravening actions by the governor which historically have been beyond their purview if they lose then the governor not only is going to be able to keep his um keep the recess appointment powers that he has sacrosanct but it also is going to put limits on the legislature's ability to affect 
um, executive actions through budget language. Correct. And so that's what's at stake here. Yeah, so it's a bit high. It's a high profile case. It's a bit. It's a yeah. pretty big deal. Um, one of the one other hot news item, and then we'll move on to our, our planned content, is the big net neutrality decision came out today, and of course a bunch of uneducated people who have no idea what they're talking about took to the internet to complain. Well, a lot of people don't understand. It's a very complicated issue, and a lot of people don't understand it. And one, so, of, one I'm of those, not gonna, I, and I'm not going to say that I'm any sort of expert. One of those people, of course, is the Attorney General Brian Frosch, right? And he's already decided to join a lawsuit put together uh, by the Attorney General of, of New York, uh, Schneiderman. Who is uh, who is going to sue the federal government to enforce keep net neutrality enforcement in check? Now, of course, as you know, Frosch is the is, is Schneiderman's mini me. Okay, he basically sees what the New York AG does and says, "Oh, me too," and then just jumps on, uh, which right. has gotten him a little bit of trouble as far as the uh, AGs for global, uh, you know, AGs against global warming, um, you know, deal that right. you know, which we've talked about at length. Uh, here at at Red Maryland and on this program, but it just goes. It's another case where Brian Frosch is using his unconstitutional powers granted by this General Assembly to intervene the state of Maryland into a case in which it has absolutely no standing. And there's some irony in it because, as the FCC commissioners were talking about when they rendered their decision, the the FCC um, rolling back the rules essentially what they were in 2015, as mm-hmm. you point out. One of the checks of of uh, internet service providers acting in the way that everybody says they're going to do, and all the horrible things that are going to happen. One of the checks on that are going to be state antitrust laws, state consumer protection laws, and states attorney general, state attorneys general, like Brian Frosch, who has properly um, properly given authorities under Maryland law, under our state constitution, in a working federalism system that would in his own purview, prevent um, the kind of excesses that people are so, you know, running around screaming about if they ever did come to fruition. Suing the federal government is not the way this was supposed to work. Yeah. But it's political. It's not him. You know, if he wanted to do his job, what he would do is... It would be the first time. he He would come out and say, hey, you know what? This is passing. Here are the concerns. I'm going to keep very vigilant outlook for Internet service providers who are doing business here in Maryland, that they don't violate our state's laws and don't violate the rights of our citizens, um, rather than him, you know, trying to sue to have a court tell the FCC, you know, what policy decisions to make, which, by the way, they won't. So it's going to be another waste of our taxpayer money. Yeah. And again, this goes back to the point, Greg. Um the fewer things that you have being regulated in Washington and being, you know, having bureaucrats decide for you, the better your life is in general. Okay, I mean that's that's just the bottom line. This should have this should have never been a policy. This should have never gotten to the FCC, but it did because again, partisan actions two years ago from a partisan FCC. I mean, there were always provisions. Um, there were always provisions in the Federal Trade Commission purview to deal with, again, at the federal level, the situations that we're talking about here. And, oh, by the way, in the first, let's call it 25 years of the commercial Internet as we know it today, nobody acted this way. Nobody did these things. It's it's not in the interests of these service providers to throttle coverage and to do all of this other stuff. Yeah, and and there are limits to them being able to do it. There's a lot of hysteria, as you point out, a lot of people who don't really understand the issue who are assuming that, you know, and, and look, <laughs> Comcast, Verizon, 
these companies don't enjoy a good reputation, and and you can understand why people are leery. But right, you know, the sky's not falling, and it won't fall because again, they're operating under the same rules they operated under just a few years ago. Yeah. So now, one thing that also was partisan is uh, our gun laws here in the state of Maryland. Yeah. And Greg, you wrote a piece this week. I did that printed on on Monday, talking about how how facts are stubborn things, and and I like how you caveat. That our friends of the two A community, eh, they may have be offended because you're you're writing about guns again and you didn't ask for their permission. Well, I gave my heads up. I haven't gotten any blowback. Look, it's a, a pretty simple piece. Um, there was recently uh, the the Supreme Court of the United States decided not to hear an appeal regarding the um, Firearm Safety Act that was passed a few years ago, and so the question is, um, now that that's ensconced in our law, it's not gonna it's not gonna be found unconstitutional by any court um is it working is it good policy let's get back to it as a policy debate and is it saving lives and the answer is pretty clearly when you look at the evidence that we have from the fbi um for the recent years where we don't have fbi uh statistics just yet but we have some inkling based on media reports and things like that as to where we're going uh gun deaths are up it hasn't reduced uh, handgun-related, firearm-related homicides. And that's kind of what people who were opposed to this bill were saying was going to happen. It's one of the arguments that's regularly made against gun control legislation is that when you look at the actual statistics, when you actually objectively look at the policy outcomes, it doesn't actually reduce crime or uh, gun violence or anything like that. Uh, you see that time and time again, and this is another example of that. And I, you know, I, I I use the old uh, the old Adams quote that facts are stubborn things. I mean, this is this is a stubborn thing. You've got those on the left doing victory laps, saying, "Oh, we passed this, we're saving lives." When in fact, when you look at the numbers, they're not. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but the biggest one is that people who commit gun violence and murder people with guns aren't law-abiding citizens by nature, and so these kinds of restrictions aren't going to have any effect upon them. Which, of course, Greg, is the exact argument that people like you and me and our our Republican friends in the General Assembly were saying in 2013, that the only people who were going to be negatively impacted by these gun laws were law-abiding citizens, that none of this was taking guns out of the... the, uh, out of the hands of criminals. None of this was going to get illegal guns off the streets. None of this was going to stop bad guys from doing bad things because suddenly there was a new law against it. Right. You know, and... Or or that the idea of gun control is what's going to stop gun-related homicides. I mean, th- there, there may be policy ways to address that, but gun control doesn't work. And it never has. And, and it, it never, never has. Will. And there's lots of statistics. Like, this is just... One example that's Maryland specific that we're talking about uh, handgun or you know firearm related homicides, but you could look at lots. Of, there have been very broad and there have been great articles by people who are you know nerdy statisticians who've looked at the policy outcomes and who may have been pro gun control going in who come out saying, yeah, this doesn't work. The numbers are there if you want to take a look at them as far as um, how these things work. The fact is. If you look at, you know, statistics and you look and you talk to people who investigate homicides, particularly for a living, um, and you talk to them about 
about crime and how it happens, people who kill other people with handguns tend to be, by and large, criminals involved in the drug trade to begin with. Yes. Okay? So if they're selling drugs and they're using violence as part of their illegal trade, uh, they're going to get guns. Gun control isn't going to stop them. Um, you know, it's it's not like there are uh, a lot of handgun or firearm-related homicides going on by random, otherwise law-abiding people. Who it, it Those kinds of incidents get sensationalized. And, of course, this law was passed after Sandy Hook, mm-hmm. and that was sensationalized. But when you look at the broader statistics— your chances of being killed by someone with a firearm in that circumstance are exceedingly low. Yes. If you're going to be killed, it's most likely if you're murdered. I I heard a great interview with a homicide detective on The Nerdist. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you listen to that podcast. Um, and I forget, I'm, uh, Kendall, I'm forgetting the guy's name. Brilliant guy. He does a TV show on, Disco- on the Discovery uh, travel Channel. Oh, Lieutenant um, Joe uh, Kendra. Joe Joe Kenda. Yeah, Joe Kenda. I know you're fantastic about, yeah. interview, right? <clears throat> Investigate homicides for decades. Okay, he says very simply, if you don't deal or have any involvement with drugs, you're not at a bar at closing time. Okay, the chances of you being killed by another human being, period, are exceedingly low. Yeah. Okay, that's who the vast majority of people get murdered by. Uh, you know, then you have the, you know, the the relationships that go bad or something like that. But if you have nothing to do with drugs and bars at closing time, you're not going to end. He He's not going to end up standing over your body. Very Greg, likely. Greg, when was the last time you were at a bar at closing? Never. Time? You've never. never been at a bar at closing time. Not that I can remember. Fair. Uh, Fair but point. it would have been a very, very long time ago. And it would have only, I could have counted on one hand. I've been to bars. It's been a while since I've been to See, the easy, the easy solution, by the way, to not going being at a bar at closing time right. is to go to a place like Mobile or New Orleans where there's never a closing time. Well, look, <laughs> I, I went to New Orleans this summer. Wonderful place in a lot of ways. I could see people getting murdered down there on the streets, no problem. But and, and you know he he his view on gun control is yeah there are probably people who shouldn't have guns he didn't get way political about it. but the point is as a policy if you're going to stop people from killing each other with guns just passing gun control legislation like what we passed here in Maryland what's being you know proposed now with the bump stock ban and all that kind of stuff you're not going to have an impact on people being murdered on the streets of Baltimore because that's not what's going on and that's that's what the article points out. With kind of cold hard statistics, um, gun control is is a wonderful thing that the Democrats like to use. It's a wonderful wedge issue for them. Uh, though I've seen some things where millennials are actually against gun control in surprisingly large numbers. Yes, they are. But um, and it's very frustrating for Democrats. But the reality is, as a policy solution, it's a clear failure in dealing with. Uh, firearm-related homicides. One thing, um, one of the more sensationalized. Um, avenues that we have seen recently of people getting shot has been there have been several recently in the last couple of years instances where there have been uh, shootings at churches right and that has led to the general assembly some of our republicans in the general assembly are now uh they are putting forth new legislation in the 2018 session um uh, put forth by you know it involves sheriff gaylor from from harford county delegate shalega and some others headline Senator Norman, if you're going to be in the paper, think about wearing a tie. 
That's all I'm saying. He's <laughs> a good guy. Good guy, by the way. I just For the record, I want to point out, I, I hope you appreciate the fact that in my picture that runs with every column of mine in the Capitol, I am wearing a, Look at co- you. you're like a, a coat and tie. I'm like, who's this guy? Where can, this, where can I get this guy? That's why you're so respected. <laughs> um, Fake news. Yeah. You know, I love it. Every and just just to go off on planet me for just a hot second. Oh God, yeah. Um, I just we love haven't the been fact, there for a while. I just love the fact that every time I write a column, it gets the Democrats' pants and so much. Did you get a response? I didn't see as much response to the most recent one, which was very good, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, I haven't seen too much yet. Not at least not letters to the editor. Usually, it takes about a week or so for the letters okay. to start showing up. So okay, we'll, all right. Well, keep we'll up. I've keep seen. I, I I read the comments, which you're never supposed to read the comments. I can't get the comments because I guess I don't log in. I don't have a login. Um, but I clicked to read the comments because I wanted to read the comments. Yeah. It's, it's. <laughs> I like people attacking you. It's no, the... <laughs> that's not true. It's... But I was curious to see what the comments It's the usual, were. usual nonsense that you would expect. Anyway, okay. headline on the story that we're actually talking about. Right. Harford Sheriff legislators want measure to let people carry guns in church. Harford County Sheriff Jeffrey Gaylor has asked state lawmakers to let handgun owners bring their weapons to worship, saying he wants congregations to be able to defend themselves against a mass shooting like the one that happened last month in Texas. Gaylor backs a proposal that would let parishioners who have the written permission of church officials wear and carry a handgun on church property. The parishioner would need a state handgun license, but not a concealed carry permit. He was joined in a news conference this week in Edgewood by the two lawmakers who plan to introduce the legislation, Republican House Minority Whip Kathy Schlega and State Senator Wayne Norman. And three local pastors who support the idea, the sheriff, also a Republican, said he asked lawmakers to pursue the issue. They called the measure the Parishioner Protection Act of 2018. The proposal is counter to political wins in Annapolis, where the presiding officers of the Democrat-dominated General Assembly proposed tightening not loosening Maryland's gun laws. Of course, we just talked about how, how that's working out. Right, exactly. We don't need guns in churches, Senate President Thomas V. Mike Miller said in a statement to the Baltimore Sun. Miller and Speaker Mike Bush, both Democrats, have jointly support have jointly announced support for expanding the state's ban on assault-style weapons and revamping the process for appealing denial of concealed carry permit requests. Miller and Bush want to replace the Handgun Permit Review Board, which is composed of five political appointees who can overturn decisions of the Maryland State Police, with an administrative judge taking gun permit requests out of the hands of civilians. Maryland has one of the strongest gun control laws of the country, and we are not going to take a step backward now, Bush said in a statement, despite the fact that every time we pass more gun laws, more people die. I mean, if you're going to make that statement, then you got to stand by the show increase in, in homicides from firearms. Given that environment, I don't see it happening, Delegate Kathleen DeMay said of the new proposal on guns and houses of worship. We'll, we'll certainly hear the bill. I'm just not convinced that more people carrying guns is the solution. Under current law, those who want a concealed carry permit must undergo training and apply to the state police. The applicant must show a, quote, a good and substantial reason for needing Ooh. the permit, and the police investigate to determine whether the applicant has, quote, exhibited a propensity for violence or instability. The Second Amendment's my good and substantial reason. Sorry. Keep going, please. I feel compelled. Oh, you want to keep going? All right, fine. Although pastors are wonderful people or imams or rabbis or reverends, I don't think they have the necessary expertise to pick a person who should be able to wear, carry, or transport a handgun, said Delegate Kurt Anderson, a Baltimore Democrat who sits on the House Judiciary. Can I interrupt here? You may. I would trust any, uh, any... religious official to make that decision rather than any member of the General Assembly. Yeah. 
Gaylor said the legislation, quote, grew out of the faith-based community reaching out to us. The sheriff's office is also hosting an active shooter training session at Mountain Christian Church in Joppa, and more than 500 people um, have signed up. The Reverend wow. Tommy Allen of St. Mary's Episcopal Church in Abington attended the news conference that he would make sure that anyone who carries a weapon in his church has, quote, an extra layer of training, including coordination with the sheriff's office. The best way to check a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun who is adequately trained to assess and address a potentially violent situation. That's ultimately what Allen what said. ended the situation in Texas. Yeah. yeah. Mark I mean, Pennock, president of the gun rights group Maryland Shall Issue, the, Mar- the Red Maryland fan club, yeah. called the legislation a great idea. So, Greg, here's the thing. Okay? I think it's a great idea, too, by the way. And I'm opposed to restrictions on concealed carry, and I am all in favor of national reciprocity oh, so that's, just so, that's, we're, that's just so really, we're clear guys at mail and challenge yeah they think who think we're squishes on this we totally agree with you right we just don't you know we just like to do act in a productive manner on this i think that's actually my biggest issue with the law is the fact that this law is it, it's it's a good law insofar as that it makes given the current environment but it's clearly you know look there should be you know you should have the right to carry your weapon this is not you know, whether it's in church, the mall, you know, anywhere else. I mean, the only restriction on that, I would say, is that a private business should be able to decide if they are a gun-free zone. I have no problem with that. That's the that's the choice of the individual, you right. know, property owner. Right. But, I mean, the fact that, you know, what what actually is the harm of somebody carrying a weapon for protection of the entire congregation or the entire church or the entire mosque or the entire synagogue right. during... Um, you know, during services, there is no harm in this. Yeah, and 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 going back to our previous discussion, the reality is, some sort of incident like this happening at a church is very low. Okay, I, and we, we, you know, we talked about this at our church too because people are concerned about security, and we've talked about things. I, I don't think this law probably will pass. Oh, of course. So not. I don't think we have to worry about having to make those kinds of decisions. But it's extremely low that this is going to. So, but to your point. It's not going to happen because some person who's picked by the pastor or the rabbi or the imam in the church that wants to participate in it, no one's going to get shot because that person brought a gun, okay? It's going to be somebody from the outside for whatever reasons, like in these other situations, go in and shoot them up. And they're not going to be restricted um, by current gun laws. Obviously, none of them have been. And so, again... These are rare occurrences, so, you know, one way or the other, it's not going to happen. But the idea that that if you allow this to happen, that that'll increase gun violence is nonsense. There's absolutely no evidence to support that. There's lots of evidence to support that more gun restrictions don't reduce gun violence. Okay. Yeah, and there, even and- if you don't think even if you don't think people, more people with guns is going to help trying to take guns away from people clearly isn't helping. No, and the, we have as the story that you wrote right. the other day. That, I mean, that's the point. The facts back it up. The numbers don't lie. Right. I'm sure that yeah, and, and you and know, I'm if, sure this makes us squishes though in the eyes of. I, I, I know, and and to the point that you know the best way to deal with a guy with a gun is a good guy with. A, what's the alternative? You're not taking the guns out of the hands of the bad guys. That's no. not happening. So what is the way you deal with a bad guy with a gun? If it's not a good guy with a gun, then it's getting shot and becoming a victim. Yeah. Um, the police can't respond quickly enough. As the saying goes, when seconds count, the police are minutes away. Yeah. I mean, 
I, and and the police don't even constitutionally have a right uh, obligation to protect you anyway. Right. So, uh, you know, this is why Brian and I are strongly in favor of concealed carry. Absolutely, fully, one hundred percent. We're all in favor of this legislation. I think it's kind of you know I think these guys know it probably doesn't have a chance. Oh, of course hell. not. It's look, they're trying to change the both, debate a little. We bit. We both know it's an election year. You know, and they're res- they're, we know they're that. you know they're doing something in their base that's ripped from the headlines and just to because, try to get something look, going. I just get because it, it's but, an election year gimmick doesn't mean it's not a good idea. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I yeah. I mean, if you're going to do something rather than this, maybe we talk about repealing some of the worst parts of what's or what we actually ought to be doing is unfortunately. Not something legislators are talking enough about, but what the governor's talking about doing, which is a crime fighting set of, you know, this is what we're going to do, which is centered around the one thing you have to do to reduce violent crime, put violent criminals in jail and keep them there. Yes. Yes. Because the people who commit, and again, I'll go back to Joe Kenda, there's a very small percentage of people who do these kinds of things. Yes. They're very small. Yes. They might be as high as 2%. If that. It's not even that problem. But let's say it's 2%. If you keep those 2% in jail, you'll really have an impact on crime. Now, if 2% of the country is in jail, Brian, you can do math. Yeah. That's millions of people. It is. So when you hear people say, oh, you know, we have more people in jail than any other industrialized nation. We have maybe, a lot of people. Maybe we have the wrong people in jail. Okay, if you want to make that oh, argument. Oh, you're going to start sounding like the pot guys here in a second. Maybe if you want to make that argument. But violent criminals ought to go to jail and they ought to stay there. And if they use a gun, they ought to go there and stay there. Yeah. Hey, can I... Can that's I... not what the liberals in, in Annapolis or anywhere else want to be doing, and that's a problem. Real quick, I want to change topics briefly before we go to a break. And I'd rather we be talking about bringing the death penalty back, too, but not enough talk about that. Yeah. Oh, boy, you have converted. I have, yeah. I used to be... Look, I you know me. I used to be uh, put an express lane in for the death penalty guy, and it's like, mm, okay. I'm not I'm not feeling it anymore. <laughs> Um, solitary confinement is, is perfectly fine with me, but um, so we were talking about pot, right? We weren't really. You you inferred that I was mentioning it. I really wasn't. But so uh, driving out on on sixty eight last weekend, Interstate sixty eight through Cumberland, through Cumberland, um, there is a giant sign. You can't miss. It. Look, like in Colorado, okay, okay. You would for if for a dispensary, right? For marijuana. You don't ever see the word marijuana. You see the green cross, and they'll talk about dispensary. They'll talk about this. But you never see a giant sign that you can see all the way across town that says marijuana dispensary like you see on I-68 in downtown freaking Cumberland. Okay. Well, they're trying to revitalize downtown. No, it's it's like you, the dispensary is right off of I-68. Right. It's a giant sign. It says marijuana. You know, can you imagine what some kids think? What's marijuana, mommy? And then you have to explain what marijuana is. And I know. No, no, I can't actually imagine that in 2017 that some kid doesn't know what marijuana is. You know what I mean, though. I mean, it's just just (laughs) ridiculous. You know, look, the pot law is ridiculous as it is, you know, as far as the dispensaries and the political claptrap that's gone with it. But can we at least not have giant signs on the highway talking about what a marijuana dispensary you know it is i look i agree with you i i i know it's it's backdoor legalization that's what it is but but there's a lot of money involved in it and you and i have very good friends who are getting a little taste of that and it's a big industry and money's going to corrupt the whole thing going forward and it's 
already starting to happen. That's why you say it. It has yeah. nothing to do about helping sick people. It has everything to do about money and the government wanting their taste. Yeah. Well, let me go ahead and take a break. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to talk about sexual harassment in the General Assembly. What could possibly go wrong with that conversation? Stick with us. You are listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. You can help Red Maryland grow our reach when you visit redmaryland.com and click on the Amazon link and shop as normal. A portion of your purchase will come back to Red Maryland to help us grow. Additionally, you can buy Red Maryland t-shirts, drinkware, and other gear from our Zazzle store at zazzle.com slash redmaryland. We want to hear from you. Email us at any time at redmaryland at gmail.com. You can also leave audio feedback on our Red Maryland talkback line at 410-205-4875. We might use your feedback on our programming. You are listening to Maryland's most trusted conservative voice, the Red Maryland Network. Be sure to follow Red Maryland on all of the major social networking sites. You can follow us at Red Maryland on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Snapchat, and Tumblr to get the latest from Red Maryland. And be sure to follow the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. Celebrating five years as Maryland's only network that matters. You're listening to the Red Maryland Network. On the Red Maryland Network, I am Brian. He is Greg. Good to be here. Or as they call him, Der Commissar, if uh, you will. Yeah. <laughs> so, Greg, there's a new plan in the General Assembly to yes. deal with sexual harassment in the General Assembly. Good. Which is... Long overdue. Let's, let's, let's read the story, and then we'll kind of start to break it down. All Headline, right. General Assembly to Track Sexual Harassment Complaints Against Lawmakers. Maryland will track allegations of sexual harassment made against state lawmakers and politicians who violate the state's code of conduct can be expelled from the legislature. Leaders of the General Assembly voted unanimously Tuesday to update the guidelines for reporting and tracking complaints against state lawmakers, though the identity of the accused wrongdoer will remain confidential. The new policies come amid a national conversation about holding accountable people accused of sexual misconduct and they follow a tide of allegations of impropriety by high-profile men in Hollywood, the media, and politics. This is a watershed moment in time, and we want to make sure that everybody is treated fairly, that there's a place that they can go and that there's a remedy, Senate President Thomas V. Mike Miller, 46-year veteran of the General Assembly, said at the start of the Legislative Policy Committee meeting in Annapolis where the new policy was approved. This centralized tracking system will be used to generate an annual report of the number and types of allegations as well as how they were resolved. But it will not identify the lawmakers or other legislative staffers involved because the reports will be considered a personnel matter. 
The charges all the changes also include the possible refer- referral of sexual harassment reports to ethics officials who can recommend lawmakers be kicked out of office or otherwise reprimanded for their content. Not all verified complaints will be referred to ethics officials. Currently, complaints about lawmakers go either to the legislature's human resources department or either of the presiding officers of the General Assembly. Last year, the legislature updated its sexual harassment policy to allow witnesses of misconduct, not just victims, to report the incident. Um, so, Greg. Yeah, well, that'll solve it. That sounds like a... Um, no. you, read, you read this thing, and um, it all kind of smells like horse manure, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it, it it's absolutely right out of uh, Blazing Saddles. You know, we've got to do something to protect our phony baloney jobs. Yeah, I mean, it's... That, uh, that's exactly what this is. Yeah, so we're going to do something to track complaints, but we're not going to identify... Oh, we're going to protect the legislators who are being accused. And, right. and maybe it'll go to ethics, or maybe it'll just go to Mike Miller and Mike Bush. And, and it'll decide. go in a drawer somewhere. And they'll somewhere. decide what depending, to do with- Depending on right. if there's a D or an R after their name. Depending on, you know, how much do I like you at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly oh, it's a, it's what a, this is. Yeah, this it's is, a perfect system. This it'll is totally legis- work, by This the is way. legislative leadership basically saying, wow, we got to do something here to make it look like we're doing something about the problem that we all know is here. I mean, and let's yeah. let's kind of uh, let's peel get that real. Let's get real as second, real okay? as we can get without look, getting sued. That's the thing. Let's get real. Because look, if, if let's you, get real. If you were sitting with Greg and I having a beer, yeah. this conversation would be a lot more in depth. Oh, if you sit with anybody who's worked in the legislature or served in the legislature or been close to the legislature, yeah. And look, yeah. It's it's not a, you know, when the governor said it was like spring break and he's they not got all kidding. pissy about it. He he's he he was going easy on him. Right. OK. I mean, I, Brian and I both are personally aware of allegations of not just harassment, but actual sexual assault. Uh, rape even uh, yeah. of the most of the yes. most violent kind against legislators. Yes. OK. We're aware. This of is it. big. This is this is not. It, this it, is it's, not funny. It's happened. Now, no. now, what the article says is, well, Mike Bush isn't aware of it because there wasn't a formal report. And there wasn't. And, you know, the person the person didn't, you know, may have said something, maybe didn't report it. You know, the victims are not believed. And it's really tough. All the things we're talking about in this debate yes. are a thousand percent true. It's tough for victims to come forward. Yes. It's tough for people who are sitting around seeing this bad conduct to come forward because it's really difficult and it's and and the fact is there are a lot of good people who are sitting by and letting bad people get away with bad behavior. And you know what, Greg? Here's the problem with all of this. Yeah. Okay. Is and and maybe that, to some extent we're guilty too because we're not saying more than we are. But well, yeah, I we're mean, aware of it. It's it's real. If if the if the truth ever came out about what happens in the general assembly, general assembly session, people would be appalled. you would be shocked and horrified. Yeah, because look, it's not a coincidence the number of legislators. Yeah. Who get elected to office, and then wind up getting divorced while they're in yeah. office? Yeah, yeah, it's it's it happens. It happens a lot, um, and I and it's it's a bipartisan problem. Yes, it is. And it's legislators who get elected, who develop drinking problems, who develop infidelity problems, who find their new spouses in employees in the legislature. You cannot tell me that that there are not numerous violations. Of whatever, if there's any sort of reasonable sexual harassment policy going on, that that's not going on. And just plain, plain old, run-of-the-mill, old, 
as time itself stories of pure immorality run amok yes. by members of the General Assembly. Yes. And, and, and look, this new policy to track sexual harassment right. complaints is not going to do a damn it's thing to fix it. It's nothing. Because you can see it's going to protect their identity. It's going to make it difficult for people to report it. It's likely nothing is going to happen or it gets buried. There's lots of ways to do that, which is which is intimidating to people who report it. Yeah, witnesses can report it, but, you know, are you are you willing to lose your job and your career and whatever to report something bad that you saw when you know nothing? it's going to get buried just so it's a number and a statistic at the end of the day? A lot of people aren't. Maybe they should. And and maybe, you know, maybe we should be more critical of people like that, more supportive of people who do come forward with those allegations. Yeah. But it's going on. And the fact is, the reason that, and, and let's say this, the reason that we have so many leches in the General Assembly, frankly, mm-hmm. is because we keep electing them. Yes. And part of the reason, yeah. and look, and part of the reason why that they keep getting elected is because people don't know that's part of because, it because I mean, that's part of the reasons part people of it. don't know people don't come forward yeah these things are reported and they're just going to a drawer somewhere yeah and that's that's really part of the problem I and mean, that this and this you know this new policy is quite frankly bullshit i mean that's it, it the, is it's, it's, to call it's, a spade a spade i mean that's what it's it just, is it's, it's just, just covering it's just a, it's a fig leaf it's a cover-up yeah it's a, it's fig a leaf. continuous believe cover-up me, believe me mike miller knows about all sorts of crazy shenanigans that have gone on in the general. Believe me, he knows. Oh, if anybody knows where the bodies are buried, it's that yeah. guy. Oh, that guy knows. If he really wanted to do something, he could blow up half the legislature. Guaranteed. Mike Bush, too. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, if, if you gave true serum to the people who work in the General Assembly, you would be horrified by the volumes Okay, the culture that goes on in Annapolis or in Washington, it's going on in Annapolis. Yeah. And look, very rarely do instances of this ever seep out into the public. A couple of the corruption trials, you've kind of seen this come out. What John Leopold did, you know, with some of the things that he was, you know, eventually went to jail for, even though he didn't go to jail for sexual harassment. um, You know, there were. And he was accused of that as well. Yeah, he was accused of that. He's been accused of that multiple times. Right. um, And it was related to what to his his misconduct in office. Right. But this is a guy also that's making a political comeback. Who's trying to make a political comeback in this environment? Yeah. Thinks he can still win. So again, yeah. Who doesn't have enough shame to stay out of the public eye? Yes. And and this is uh, this is going on. And 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 again, I'm very old fashioned. When I when I hear some of these things. I, you know, I'm. You can call me what you want. You can call me a right wing Bible thumper or whatever you want. I'm very old fashioned. The fact is, if people who went to the legislature, you know, and I, I think Vice President Pence got a lot of crap for his rules that he had. Notice he hasn't been accused of anything. Uh, and he started those rules, by the way, not when he went to Washington, but when he was in the state legislature in in Indianapolis, because he saw it firsthand. He saw the culture that went on. And it's true in Indianapolis, it's true in Washington, and it's sure as hell true in Annapolis as well. Yeah. You know, if you're married and you stay true to your spouse and you don't have sex with people who you aren't married to and you don't have and you don't go out and get drunk and have inappropriate sexual relationships with people who you aren't married to, 
you're not going to get in trouble. But it happens all the time. Yeah. And and you know what? And this is and I'm going to I'm going to say this. The most honest, straightforward, moral legislator, if they're not involved in it, they know who people who are and they probably supported their political ambitions maybe to vote in leadership or to or support them on legislation and and most importantly stayed silent on the obvious moral failings of these guys by the way and that's both sides of the aisle both houses up and down a couple of things here by the way yeah uh, that I want to point on and then we'll take a quick break and get into the poll results one if any of our legislator friends would have come on and talk about this yeah. The door is open. We would oh, love yeah. to discuss it. Uh, Staffers, and, anybody else, and above we'll, board, we'll have you on. Yeah. In an above board, you know. Call in right now. We know it's way. true. 760-259-2711. Secondly, you talked about how, um, you know, it's very easy to stay out of trouble if you're not, if you keep pants on and yeah. you're not, you know, messing around with people who aren't your spouse. Yeah, you don't need imbibing and all the sort of stuff. Right, you don't need it's new rules. Not, Just follow the old rules. You'll be fine. It's not a coincidence that so many legislators of both parties get angry every time somebody starts to move against the per diem, uh, yeah. per diem expenses, yeah. even for for people in you know a certain radius. Yeah, in, oh, well, in, we've from heard from the Annapolis. stories. People yeah. who lived five miles from the state house didn't want to give up the per diem because <laughs> they were they were almost always too drunk to drive home. Yeah. You who, know, by the way, they, they, that they person, by the way, they take advantage of those hotel rooms. That person, Trust by me. the way, is now the chairman of a certain uh, can- Democratic candidate for county executive in this county. Oh, well, now you're getting awfully specific. But yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. but yeah, yeah, folks. I, you know. I, and I and I guess we're kind of guilty of it too, because we probably should be naming names. And and some of what, you know, I can't say I saw it firsthand, but I that's I've yeah that's it, the yeah I've I heard it from a lot of other people, a lot of people I trust. I hear it time and time again. There's evidence of it that is beyond dispute. Um, you know, I mean, you can see divorce filings, you can see DUI arrests, you can read police reports, you can see what well, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, and you hear things all the time from people who are there. I, I, I hope, frankly, I hope the lid does blow off of it. And I don't care who gets caught up in it. We have a lot of good friends who are legislators. They could all get caught up in it as far as I'm concerned because they're all allowing this to go on. And, um, you know, th- we're, we're talking about this new system they have. This new system isn't going to do anything. It's going to no. protect the system that they have in place. No, I agree. Um, if you think it's accessible politically – Morally, you you would be shocked. Yeah, you would be absolutely shocked by it. Call us prudes, but I mean, you know, there's yeah, call us prudes. It's fine. There's a way That's to fine. carry yourself, and a lot of people aren't carrying themselves. That's fine. The right way. And, and not everybody's involved. Let's be clear. I don't want to say that everybody's no, no, involved no, no. in it. But the ones who the ones who aren't involved, they know. They know. It's not just hearing the stories. They go to these parties every single night during session. They hear what's going on. They see who's w- leaving with somebody else. I mean, if we're hearing the rumors third hand, they're, they're seeing it. And their staffers are saying it. And, you know, this staffer that got paid, that, that just got promoted to a $186,000 a year job yeah. as as Mike Miller's, you know, chief of staff. He wasn't making anywhere near that as his chief of staff in the Senate, I'm sure. Nope. These people don't make a lot of money, particularly. And, you know... I don't know. I, I this system is going to work, but 
there, there's a, there is a scandal. I mean, it's a volcano that's right under the surface. I hope there's some earthquake that breaks it wide open. I know you do, too. Probably won't, though. Probably not, no. And there are real human beings who are suffering as a result of it. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Let's take a quick break, reset, yeah, and then we will, uh, we will get to poll results when we come back. Stick with us. You are listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. You can help Red Maryland grow our reach when you visit redmaryland.com and click on the Amazon link and shop as normal. A portion of your purchase will come back to Red Maryland to help us grow. Additionally, you can buy Red Maryland t-shirts, drinkware, and other gear from our Zazzle store at zazzle.com slash redmaryland. We want to hear from you. Email us at any time at redmaryland at gmail.com. You can also leave audio feedback on a Red Maryland talkback line at 410-205-4875. We might use your feedback on our programming. You are listening to Maryland's most trusted conservative voice, the Red Maryland Network. Be sure to follow Red Maryland on all of the major social networking sites. You can follow us at Red Maryland on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Snapchat, and Tumblr to get the latest from Red Maryland. And be sure to follow the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. Celebrating five years as Maryland's only network that matters, you're listening to the Red Maryland Network. Back here, Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. I am Brian. He is Greg. Good to be here. Breaking news, Greg. Ah. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell is expected to step down. Why? He just got re-upped in his contract. In seven years. <laughs> in 2024, he's expected to step down. Okay. Well, <laughs> he'll have all the money in the world by then, so. $40 million dollars a year. Greg, I am in the wrong business. Also, goddamn right there's are. that six-year-old kid who's doing toy reviews who apparently his family's making $11 million a year off YouTube. Okay. We're in the wrong business, man. Every day I wake up and the world makes a little less sense. But that's okay. <laughs> what doesn't, what does there's make sense. big money in them toys. What does make sense, though, is this month's Red Maryland uh, poll where 634 of you participated. I'm going to reserve judgment on that statement. Fair. Just, it's a, wow, it's a, huge huge turnout. Thank you, everybody. Yes, and, and look, this is this is one of those months, the closer we get to the primary election, the more, and plus, of course, it was the awards voting, too, the more um, the more people try to make sure their people turn out for the poll. Which is fine. And which, of course, as always, the winner of the Red Maryland poll, Greg, is? Red Maryland. Red Maryland is always the winner. We got... Uh, every county participated. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. Um, everybody with more than more than one person, except for you, Queen Anne's County. Yeah. What's going on, man? What's up with that? Yeah. Queen Anne's. Um, ninety ninety one percent of our of our participants were not central committee members, but fifty seven of them were. 
So about that's a lot of central yeah, committee about members. Twenty percent of the central committee yeah. took part in this poll. So that's nice. That's good. Um, that's a good sample. It it is a good sample. The uh, the highest uh, demographic though participating this month was the thirty five to forty four year old. Yeah, the Brian Griffiths. Yes, the Brian Griffiths demographic. Uh, but still, three point eight percent, twenty one participants over the age of seventy five. God bless y'all. Real yes, good. yes. So, Greg, the question, and th- this is the these two questions, particularly this next question that we've been asking for a while now. Yeah, you can tell when we have an uptick in participation because that's what swings this number so much. Okay? Oh, I see. That's we've been asking for months. Should the Maryland General Assembly be reduced in size? This is just one. It's kind. Of, Ryan wrote something about this months ago. And we like to just get a feel. It's kind of a feeler. The further we get from when, you know, when Brian posted that article and people had read it, they were very much in favor of it. As we get further and further away, it it goes all over the place. Yeah. Uh, So only 26.1% of the people participating in this poll think it should be reduced in size. That's the wrong answer, by the way. (laughs) With 48% saying no and 25.9% saying I don't know. Yeah. Back, Back when I wrote the article... Um, you know, it was in the '60s, the '70s. It's called persuasion, my friend. That's what you were doing there. Yeah. Now, do you think that the question that we've also been asking should members be elected of the House be elected in single member districts? Still, sixty-two point eight percent of people believe in that. So we got that going for us. That's, at least that's but too even, low. For but our even audience. that was polling in the '80s. You know, I think as recently as last month. I I haven't heard a, a, a conservative make an intelligent argument why we should have multi member. District, 22% said no, 15.3% said I, I don't know. There you go. Now, at this moment, Greg, who would be the first choice to be the Republican nominee for the United States Senate okay. in 2018. This is the first month that we included Christina Gregorian right. in our poll. For right. those of you who don't know, Christina Gregorian had a had a suite at the Maryland Republican Party convention That's right. and was, uh, was exploring a run for the U.S. Senate. I have heard diddly. <laughs> Okay. About that since then. Well, that's why we mention it. Uh, but she got 22.2% of the vote and managed to come out ahead in the poll. There you go. David Pay got 7.5%. I don't know, 59.8%. And other votes got 10.5%. Other names that were mentioned. Okay. Amy Leahy. Sure. Greg, you have any thoughts about that? I think that's great. I think she'd be a great Senate candidate. April Rose. And she'd follow through on task. I know that. <laughs> April Rose. Brian Griffiths. Nope. Cal Ripken, yeah, Craig Giangrande, who is running for a different He's running for Senate. something else. David Bossy, right? David Craig, right? Dwight Patel, sure. Greg Klein, he doesn't follow through on things. That's what <laughs> I've heard. I I heard that. Uh, Kathy Shalega, right? Uh, Kelly Schultz, sure. Kendall Ehrlich, yeah. Laura Newman, Liz Matori, Mary Kane, right? Michael Steele, right? Uh, Robert Bro Brodus, GI Bro, um. Robert Ehrlich, I've heard of that Former guy. governor, I believe. And Sam Faddis, who, of course, was running for U.S. Senate yeah. and then dropped out. Yeah. It's called, uh, I'll take a pass. We got still, some, still give him a lot of credit. We got some other answers. Uh, Katy Perry. Uh, nice Kill Kenny. I have no idea what that means. Okay. Uh, no one. None of the Republicans are true conservatives. Most are rhinos. Okay, that's really unhelpful. Uh, Ricky Vaughn. Greg, sure. I'm sure you know who Ricky Vaughn is. Oh, from Major League, of yes. course. Uh, and we've got so many great Republicans, hard one here, and too early to tell. Okay. Well, you know, it's too early, but it, we're getting closer and closer to that the February filing deadline. Filing is, deadline. Yeah, the filing deadline's about two and a half months away. So, so it's not that early. Yeah, you know, things got to get moving. 
I guess they don't have to. <laughs> well, that's the that's, reality. That's, that's true. why we talk about it. At this moment, who would be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Comptroller in 2018? Right. Uh, your friend, Anjali Reid Fukan, got 34.4% of the vote, which is quite a quite a tremendous jump. Greg, you're hanging your head in shame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's up with that, people? Uh, I don't know. You're not familiar with Ms. Fukan. We'll we'll try and do some more. Oh, I. Somebody's got to run against her. Oh, otherwise, I I know about her as you as you know I know about her, and she's um. And yeah. we lo- and we've invited her on many times, and we'd love to have her on, and uh, talk she's, about uh, this. She's something else. She's running in ostensibly a Republican primary, so you'd think she'd want to talk to our listeners, but so far, no take. I don't know. Got fifty-seven point eight percent of the vote. Other seven point nine percent. Other names mentioned. Andrew Serafini. Right. Bill Campbell, who's not running, folks. Not running. He's done his duty there. Boyd Rutherford, who I'm pretty sure is going to run for lieutenant governor. Again, pretty sure. Just saying. Uh, Greg Klein. No. No. You'd win the primary. I don't know that I would. <laughs> I well, as long as you follow through on tasks, you'll be fine. Well, I don't, so that's going to be a problem. Justin Reedy. Right. That's not happening. Marcus Alzona. Sure. Mark great. Unkefer, who, of course, great. came ahead last month. In a write-in. Yes. Mike Higgs. Mike Panalides, former mayor of Annapolis. He's tan-rested and ready. Come on. Nicolae Ambrose. Sure. Uh, Richard Campbell. And Scott Schaefer. Scott would be great. I don't. Th- I think Scott has other plans, too. But I believe he is running for county council, though I do not remember which district. Other answers. Scott would be great. He's a big fan of ours. We're big fans of his. Yeah, he'd be a great candidate. Um, other answers. Anyone. No one. None. And Willie Mays Hayes. Sure. Willie Mays Hayes. Do you sense sure. a theme here? I do. I yeah. like this theme. It's better than some of the other ones we've had. For so sure. who should be the Republican nominee for attorney general in 2018? We have, we have nobody. We're two and a half months away from the filing deadline. No one who has expressed any serious interest in running against Brian Frosch. Lots of people say we got to get somebody to run against him. He's way far left. He's always run against Trump. Nobody has expressed interest in running for them. So some names that have been put out there are Bob Ehrlich. A lot of great names on this list. Absolutely. Boyd Rutherford. Yeah, you do have to be an attorney. I don't know if Boyd is. Oh, okay, I think he is. Okay, I believe, well, there you go. I believe he is. Well, there you go. I try to do my best at eliminating the non-attorneys from this list. Okay. Charlie Smith. Sure. Chris State West. Uh, you know what? Delegate West. I like that idea. <laughs> Craig Wolf. Okay. Dino Flores. Good guy. Dirk Hare. Great guy. Greg Klein. No. <laughs> Haven Shoemaker. Would be great. Delegate Shoemaker. Jason Buckle. Right. Jim Braswell. Braswell would be awesome. Jim Rutledge. Good. Jim Shalek. Right. Joe DeGeneva. Uh, Kendall Ehrlich. Right. Mark Boyer. Michael Leahy. Michael Schmeagle. Hey, uh, again, Dan Rusted Ready. Randy Nixon. Richard D. Fritz. Right. Richard Douglas. Great attorney. Richard Steinmetz. Right. Rob McCord. Scott Raleigh. Stephen L. Miles, who I, I don't, think I don't, may be a Democrat. Yeah, I don't know if he's a Republican. Wayne Norman. The aforementioned Senator Norman. And Wes Adams. Other answers, question mark. Anyone but Frosh. Anyone who isn't Frosh and is a Republican. (laughs) Don Dwyer, not an attorney. (laughs) I get jokes. That's hilarious. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know who's running. Neither do I. Don't know know who's. W-H-O-S-E. Running. Who's. Yeah. I don't know who's running anything. Ehrlich. Right. Good question. I have well, either no Ehrlich idea. would qualify. I know. I am not sure. I don't know. J equals Jim Rutledge. Okay. All right. Julianne Grimm. 
Kathy Shalega. Not attorneys. Larry Hogan. Right. Nah. No one. None at the moment. Rick Perry. Roger Dorn. Yeah. Third baseman Roger Dorn. Unsure. And yes. Yes. Hell, Corbin Burnson. <laughs> is Corbin Burnson an attorney, or are we going back to L.A. Law here? I, whatever. <laughs> Artie, his character from L.A. Law. Somebody. Somebody is Greg Klein. Um, at this moment, who would be your first choice? Greg Klein is a nobody. Nominee you can quote for me on Congress that. in the 1st District. Um, Andy Harris, 71.8% of the vote. There you go. Uh, Martin Elborn gets 7% of the vote. Lamont Taylor, 4.5% of the vote. Lamont, you dummy. I don't know gets fifteen point two percent. Other one point four percent. Other names mentioned: Greg, J.B. Jennings, okay. Wayne Gilchrist. Other answers: Lou Brown. Lou. None. They're all good. Okay. I like that. We don't get a lot of that. They're all good. <laughs> Everybody's great. We don't get a lot of those answers in these polls. So that's good. At this moment, Greg. Right. Who would be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Congress in the second? A- district? Again, we're getting close to the deadlines. People get kind of frustrated with these, but we're trying to get people thinking about nominees for our party. Some yeah. of these congressional races, we don't have anybody. Mark Shell gets thirty-four and a half percent of the vote. Is he a filed candidate? He is a filed candidate. Okay. I don't know. Get 62.7% of the vote. Okay. Other, 2.9%. Other names mentioned, Greg. Yeah. Bob Ehrlich. Okay. David Craig. Be great. Greg Klein. Not great. Euripsy Morgan. My neighbor. Euripsy, do it. What is she? She's the press secretary for Mark Plaster's campaign, I think, right now? Uh, like could be. Could be. She's very busy. She's She did some great uh, work in the community helping out a family whose house had burned down somewhere else. There you and, go. Yeah. She's, she's great. She'd be great. Other answers? Question mark times five? Pedro Serrano. Sure. You know, it's Joe very Boo. bad to steal Joe Boo's run. And see who's running. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Again, we bring it up so we kind of get people thinking about someone yeah. running. At this moment, Greg, who would be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Congress in the 3rd District? No one is filed to run. Uh, well, there was somebody who filed to run, and then they withdrew. So no one is no filed No one is to filed to run. So we got Big Ed Riley. Yes. Brian Griffiths. Perfect. Not happening. David Moore. Okay. Derek Fink. He'd be great. Don Murphy. I'd love Don to run for Congress. It'd be awesome. Greg Klein. Is a bad idea. Herb McMillan. Okay, I don't think Herb's going to do that. Jerry Walker. I know a lot of people who might like that idea. Jim Wilhelm. Okay. He's run before. John Grasso. Not the worst idea I've ever heard. Kathy Shalega. Kelly Schultz. Okay. Michael Steele. He's available. Mike Panalides. Right. Nathan Volke. Nicolae right. Ambrose and Shannon Wright. There you go. Lots well, of good names. We got to get one of them to actually run. Other answers include question mark, any conservative with honor. Good luck. In all caps. <laughs> any luck. Republican. Right. Anyone. Anyone. Don't know. Anyone. I would vote for anyone. <laughs> don't live in district. I am not sure. I don't care. That's, That's honest, honest, at answer. least. I don't know. IDK, uh, Jake Taylor. Is that another one for Major League? We're, is we're, for is Major that the manager? Uh, that was, well, he was the catcher, and then remember he got he got cut and was the manager when Lou Brown went to the hospital. Okay. All right. Yes. Okay. N A. Not sure. And see who's running. And unsure. Yeah. At this moment, Greg, who will be right. your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Congress? This is actually the district you and I district. live in. Yes. Um, fourth congressional district. George McDermott gets 21.7% of the vote, yeah. followed closely by David Therrien, who gets 23.3% of the vote. There you go. I don't know. Checks in at 51.2%. Other 
3.8%. Other names mentioned, Greg. Yeah. Faith Loudon. Previous Republican nominee, Faith Loudon. Greg Klein. Bad idea. Jeff Ferguson. I, which is not a bad idea. Marjorie Holt. <laughs> if she's available. Stephen Clark Regal. Right. Tony McConkie. Tony, yes. Euripsy Morgan. Yes. Other answers. Any Republican. Anyone. Anyone but McDermott and Therian. Okay, let's get the anyone but McDermott and Therian to talk to the any Republican guys. <laughs> let's let's hash that out. Charlie Donovan. See who's running. You're way down the cast list. I don't even and know where some we are. other. Ca- I think he was the general manager. I think. Okay. Uh, right. And some other candidate. I love it. I love the commitment to the bit. That's what I love. <laughs> At this moment, who would be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Congress in the fifth district? Run against Denny Hoyer. Who can you get to run? And against Johnny Denny? Rice, the filed candidate, gets thirty point seven percent of the vote. There you go. I don't know. Get sixty five point four percent of the vote. Three point nine percent went for other. Those others are Chris Chafee. Who, of okay. course, finished second in the U.S. Senate race hey, in the primary. You'll get signs out. You know that. Uh, Greg, <laughs> Greg Klein. No. John Michael Catalano II. Okay. Major Michael Merrickan, which I swore was a made-up name until I Googled it. It's actually a, it's actually the name of, I think, the PIO for the St. Mary's County uh, Sheriff's Office. I um, literally thought that was that made up. That guy needs to run for something. Merrickan. So that guy needs to run for something right now. Just put your name on the ballot, dude. Just hook up with Barry Donatio. Um <laughs> Richard Douglas and Sam Faddis. Right. Other answers, question marks. Yeah. Any Republican, okay. anyone, Crawford. No specific Crawford, just Crawford. There's a lot of Crawfords down there, and a lot of them would be great candidates, in yeah. my opinion. Eddie Harris and need more choices. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fair. At this moment, who would be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Congress in the 6th District this in 2018? The, this is the open seat being yeah. vacated by John So Delaney. Kelly Schultz is way ahead with 35% of the vote. Isn't that interesting? Uh, Brad Roars is at 13.1%. Hey, good on you, Brad. Matt Mossberg at 9.8%. Of course, uh, Matt Mossberg may be withdrawing from the race. He may be taking a job. Have we said that on the air? Uh, it's, been, it's, been, it's been written publicly now. Oh. Oh. Those guys wrote it. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, um, yeah. 9.8%. Ami Hober checking in in fourth place. And we like Matt, and if he finds greener pastures elsewhere, good for him, and I wish him well. Uh, Ami Hober at 8%. Gus Alzona at 2.4%. Lisa Lloyd, 1.1%. Other 1.3%. Other answers, Eric Beasley, Kathy Evzali, and Robin Ficker. Other answers, Mossberg, if he can raise the money, Rachel Phelps, okay. and see who's running. Well, you know, you might want to wait to see who's running. At this moment, Greg, who would be yeah. your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Congress in the seventh district? This is Elijah Cummings district. It is. Yes. Um, William Newton. It's eighteen point four percent of the vote. Your vote is the revolution or something. Your Pink Thomas Pinkston Harris gets twelve point three percent. Richmond Davis seven point five percent. Michael Pearson two point seven percent. I point out this district, the only district with four people running in the Republican. I don't know why this one is so competitive. Well, Greg, as you know. The battles are so big because the stakes are so small. Yeah. Other names mentioned, Don Murphy, Greg Klein. No, no, no. Marcus no. Alzona and Tony Salazar. I will say this. If Greg Klein runs for Congress, it will not be in the 7th District. Yeah. Just just going to throw that out there. Yeah. I think even you would agree with that. I would agree with that. Other answers, any Republican and Clue Haywood. There you go. At this moment. I will never run for the, for the United States House of Representatives, just so we're clear. Okay. That will never That's happen. fine. That's fine. The door is open for Attorney General. Uh, <laughs> is, 
It is not over. At the mo- at this moment, who would be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Congress in the 8th District? Of course, there is no candidate right now, as you know, Greg. Right. So we got Connie Morella, Dan yes. Cox, yes. David Bossie, right. Dwight Patel, Gary Collins, Haven Shoemaker. By the way, I'm interrupting. I saw David Bossie on some show on, I was a CNBC show where there, it was some guy from NBC and they're having lunch. And they're interviewing him and this other guy while they're eating lunch. So you're watching David Bossy eat like a club sandwich while they're interviewing him. That's what, the show. What the hell? Yeah, some kind of power lunch or something like they were some DC restaurant. And they're at, and they're talking about, of course, they're talking about the Trump campaign or whatever. Fascinating. But anyway, I digress. So what are we, are we supposed to start a show that's like Red no, Ireland's beer I'll, thirty? I mean, what? No, you know? well, beer would be better. <laughs> No one wants I, – I don't understand the idea of wanting to see people eat and interviewing them while they're eating. You know, the WWE Network has a show called Table for Three where they get three wrestlers and they all eat dinner. Not in a restaurant, but it's like it's like a rest, set restaurant right. where they closed a restaurant and taped it in a restaurant. And it's kind of the same thing. But they don't really spend a lot of time like, here, watch watch Mick Foley put a ham sandwich right, in his Right. Thing, the Junkies you know? used to do – um, one of the sports channels used to do an interview show where they'd be having dinner. Yeah, I've seen And they yeah, would I've do that, that as well. But you don't really see them eating, and it's like five guys interviewing. So this was – and they had it set up like a podcast where you had the microphones in their face and everybody's wearing what, cans. What the hell? But, and it was, but it was obviously TV. And it was like a well-known NBC – people listening to me, no, I'm not crazy. I did see the I show. I believe you. But and I'm like, I, why – You'd think they'd at least why, get like – It's David Ponce eating like a the, club sandwich – you think they'd at least be able to get the clip mics on these people? So they didn't have to like here. I'm going to try to eat this ham sandwich, and not get. I don't know on if that's mic. better or not, but it well, it's I don't kind, know, but it reminded me of. It seems like it would be easier to eat a sandwich when you don't have a boom mic in your face. Well, it reminded me of our friends on the uh, on the Langer cast when they do one of their shows from some restaurant, but they don't actually talk while they're eating. No, that's, they refrain from that. This show, that was the show. Right. But anyway. Anyway. Us doing a Beer 30 show has some promise, though. Um, Haven Shoemaker, Joey Lynn Huff, Cat O'Connor, Liz Matori, right. Mary Kane, Michael Higgs, Michael Steele, Robin Ficker, Sharon Cohen, and Shelly Alloy. Other answers, question mark. Any conservative with honor. Yeah, okay. Anyone. Don't know. Don't know. None declared yet for Republicans. That's a, that's a real statement, folks, written by a real person. Yeah. Harry Doyle. <laughs> That's funny. Herb. I'd vote for Harry Doyle. He's great. Herb. Right. I am not sure. I don't know. Nah. Not Raskin. Yeah. Not sure. Aunt no. O-N-T-K-N-O-W. Look, if we could get none of the above on the ballot, we'd sweep. <laughs> yeah. But we real. actually have to have a human being actually run. See who's running. Unsure. And who is registered? Yeah. No, nobody. That's yeah. That's, that's the, the problem. That's, that's the, the point. point of bringing it up. At this moment, Greg... Who would be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Anne Arundel County Executive in 2018? Right. right. Uh, Steve Shue gets 77.6% of the vote. I, County Executive Shue is very popular with our audience. He, he really our is. audience. Yeah. Uh, John Grasso. D- at, despite his biking enthusiasm, which John I still John Grasso need to talk gets 5%. Yeah. I don't know, 14.6%. Right. Other, 2.8%. Other names mentioned Donald Craig Frazier, uh, Jerry Walker, okay. John Gary. Who, of course, was county executive from 1994 to 1998. Yeah, nice guy. And John Leopold. Oh, dear. Other answers. I get jokes. Not Shu and Hiroshi Tanaka. Was he in the... He he was in the sequel. Yes. Okay, so now we're into the... We're in Major League Two. (laughs) Yeah, whoever did this was really... 
really scraping the barrel here. You know, my wife was an extra in Major League Two. I believe that, with the, that being filmed in Baltimore, yeah. even though Camden Yards looked nothing like either Cleveland Stadium or Milwaukee County Stadium, where they filmed the first Major League. Yeah, well, whatever. At this moment, who would be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Baltimore County Executive in 2018? Wow, look at this. Yeah, Pat McDonough gets 46% of the vote. Wow. Al Redmer, 40.9%. Hey, congratulations. I don't, yeah, it's it's people whipping votes. Um, I don't know, I, I don't, and I don't care. I this don't is care. not scientific, man. Again, we win. I don't know at 11.3%. Yeah. Other, 1.7%. Other names mentioned, Laura Newman. Right. And Roger Hayden, okay. former county executive. Sure. Other answers, Jack Parkman. Wow. And okay. tough one. Tough one. Tough one. At this moment, Greg, who would be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Frederick County Executive? In you would think this one might be a tough one. Uh, Kathy Avzali, 47.5%. Clear winner. Kirby DeLauder, 9.9%. Regina Williams, 7.4%. By the way, I actually... Um, Saw a Regina Williams for County Executive sign in Frederick County over the weekend. Really? Yeah, I was right out. Of, I was leaving Sheets, of course. And sure. There was wow. one. Sheets is great. I was uh, there was one that was right there. And I'm trying to remember what the slogan was. It was a terrible sign. It's like a four by eight, but you could barely see her name. And I think it was like "No More Bull" or something like that, or okay. something something that clearly says I'm not going to win this election. <laughs> no more bull. No more bull, hon. Um, I don't know. Thirty three percent. Other two point three percent. Other names mentioned, Greg, Joey Lynn Huff okay. and Tony Chmelek from the Frederick County Council. Right. Other answers, question marks, uh, any Republican, okay. anybody but Afzali, anyone but Afzali, <laughs> let's wait and see who else runs, Okay. and Rube Baker. Okay. All right. Let's get the anybody but Afzali <laughs> and the anyone but Afzali and let them work that out. Because <laughs> that would be an interesting grammatical discussion. <laughs> At this moment, Greg, yes, who would be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Montgomery County Executive in 2018? Okay. Uh, Robin Ficker, 54.5% of the vote. There you go. Uh, I don't know, 41% of the vote. Other, I, You know, these candidates beating I don't know. That's impressive. Yes. It's a rarity, frankly. Um, other, 4.5%. Other names mentioned, Ami Hober. Right. Connie Morella. <laughs> okay. Gus Alzona. She's available. Jim Shalek. And Lynn Phelps. Right. Other answers, anyone but Ficker. Okay. Uh, Matt Mossberg, who does not live in Montgomery County. Right. And someone who hasn't yelled at Michael Jordan or trained with Muhammad Ali. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be on the ballot, though. <laughs> at this moment, fun. Greg, who would be your first choice to be the Republican this nominee? This is fun. For state, I'm having fun. We are having fun. Uh, would be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for state Senate in the 3rd District in 2018. Okay. Now, this, this is a lot closer than it's been. Uh, Craig Giangrande, 28.6% of the vote. He had been in the upper 40s okay. for a while. Right. Uh, Billy Shreve gets 14.3% of the vote. Okay. I don't know, 55.3%, other 1.8%. Other names, men, uh, Corey Stottlemyre, who of course was the nominee in 2014. Other answers, any Republican or Jesse Ventura. Maybe it was Giangrande's appearance on another radio show that hurt him in our poll. That could be it. I mean, you... you you know, you, I'm just speculating. I don't know that. You know, you you, you roll with the pigs, you're going to get dirty. Um, at this Lay down with the dogs, you wake up with fleas, right? Yeah. Something like this. Isn't how it goes? At this moment, who would be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for state Senate in the 30th district? Um, Ron George, 55.2% of the vote. Okay. Herb McMillan, 20.9% of the vote. Uh, I don't know. 
23.1%. Only one vote for other, which was Ron Elfenbein, who, of course, was a candidate before. Okay. Other Ron's answers, a good guy. Other answers, both are terrific, and Jay Leno. Is Jay Leno available? I don't I know. I don't know. Greg, do you want to do the finalists now, or do you want to do the open-ended questions now? Um. Oh, oh, wow, that's a good question. Let's do the comedy unloading zone now. And okay. We'll, and, and I'll we'll give us more time you, to talk about. We'll tease you a little bit more for our award final, so we'll have a clean break. So let's finish our monthly poll results with our open-ended question. We always ask, just give us some feedback. What else is on your mind? We ask questions. We, we, we're not going to ask everything that's important to you, but we want to know. Okay. So we also refer to this as the comedy unloading zone. Greg, I'll let you start. May you crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and hear the lamentations of the women. Ah! We forgot to ask you. Conan, what is good in life? Are Gus and Marcus Alzona two different people? Or nicknames for the same person? They're two different people, father they're, and son. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, no, it. they're different people. They're different people. Uh, just giving some helpful information. At the top of this quiz is a bar that reads, having trouble with the mobile version? Click here. I clicked the link, and it made my life a lot easier when trying to take this poll from an iPhone. Yes, I'm that guy that's been complaining about the poll not being mobile-friendly. There you go. You're welcome. There you go. Why hasn't Ami Hober taken Grover Norquist's N-O-R-Q-I-S-T-S? No new taxes pledge. Ooh. Ooh, I like that question. I don't know. The MCGOP has voted for a much-needed return to proven leadership. Mark Unkefer will be a great chair. We don't have enough committed R in an apostrophe is running. Nothing. Fookin' A. I love our audience. <laughs> Property taxes in Maryland are way too high. Superman is an illegal alien. Uh, you know, that's a you know what that's a I don't know. That's a good question, actually. I don't know the, the answer. It could be. There are several destructive Republicans in Frederick County that are giving the party a horrible reputation, such as Brooke Wynn, Cindy and Mark Schaff, Jason Miller, and Eric Beasley who've demonstrated immature behavior, and instead of working towards defeating the Democrats, they continuously attack members of their own party. To what end, no one know. I believe these people should be thrown out of the Republican as their ideas better match the Democratic Party. Lawrence Scott needs to be banned from Maryland. So, Greg, thanks I for second participating that. in the poll. That was not me. but uh, I, That's harsh. I that's second harsh. that emotion, to be sure. Between the preserve Annapolis now, okay. Between the preserve Annapolis now flyers and MDGOP House PAC attacks on Jerry Walker, Nick Kipke should resign from the House of Delegates. Hashtag, no more Nick. I I'm unaware. These are people after my own heart. I, I, tell you. I don't was 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 I don't. Think, neither of them are me. Just so we're clear. I don't think Kipke was involved in the preserve Annapolis now stuff. Was he? I don't know that. I don't know how he's tied into those. Except maybe the previous comment was some sort of clue, but uh, someone's unhappy with with Delegate Kipke. Yeah, apparently. Sad to say, I and don't not know just his first wife. Sad to say, I don't know most of those on your list. Okay, well that's why we put it on there. We need more conservative clubs. The Frederick County Central Committee just canceled its Lincoln Day dinner again. Is that right? I cannot either confirm nor deny that. Okay, well, gee, excellent poll. Let's keep these things. Let's keep things positive. We have great people on our GOP. It's hard to select just one. By the way, welcome to the Republican Party. Yeah, there you go. Um, I'm going to run for Senate. Please vote for me in the Republican primary. Thanks. And if we had your name, we'd love to have you on. I, no, obviously their name is me. 
Because that's who we're supposed to vote for. You missed out on Hartford County Republican women and other better conservative women in Harford County. So this is a reminder, folks, okay? We get this every year. We don't nominate them. You nominate them. Right. If somebody you don't like, you know, if somebody didn't get nominated, it's on you. Okay? Okay. Just saying. Here's an interesting question. Why are there no women pontificators in studio on Red Maryland Radio? Taking the Mike Pence approach? Well, look, let's, no. let's have a conversation about that. No, we first off, we have had women on our network, multiple women. We'd be happy to have female voices on the network. Um, we are talking with female voices. About we, we'd being on we'd the network. love to do that. And we, you know, if you, my daughter's been on this show. We've had, we've certainly had female guests. Uh, we're more than open to that. And I don't know what the Pence rule would apply to it. Um, I think somebody. I think somebody's trying to be funny. I, I yeah, they're failing. Uh, but no, we're happy to have female voices. We've had them. Uh, we'll, we hope to have them in the near future, and uh, we welcome them. And, and of if course, whoever have, whoever and of course this, we have female writers as well. As people, we do, we do. And know. if you would like to be a part of the show, Red Maryland reach out to at us. gmail.com is yeah, we're happy out. to include. Yeah, no problem with female voices. Speaking of funny lines, Brian Vaith for governor. Today, I don't think the odds for Governor Hogan's re-election are better than a coin toss. I think you're wrong. Republicans... Coin toss isn't bad, though, in Maryland. So just Republicans need to focus on conservative values more. Cheerleader for rhinos is not my idea of a Republican. Upholding conservative values should be our mission. Thank you, Red Maryland. Nothing. Let's use the Nadler method, in addition to Governor Larry Hogan's coattails, to get U.S. Senator Ben Cardin... And Attorney General Brian Frosch ousted in 2018. If you don't know what the Nadler method is, you can check it out at www.starsandstripesforeverpack.org slash our strategy slash for more information about it. We're also going to need a candidate. Yeah, it helps. You need, a, you need a strategy and a candidate. Honor! One, with it, nothing else matters! Two, without it, nothing else matters! I think that's true. Your caps aren't really helping, but well said. Uh, Fattis canceled his bid. Why is he still mentioned? He Update wasn't. your poll. He, he wasn't. Jeez. Are there, and are there, there are names who aren't even close to being conservative. Yes. All of that's true. But we did update it. You're right. It was, it was, I mean, he was removed before it ever started, so I'm not yeah. entirely sure what they're talking about. Yeah. Mark Schaff is next for least valuable conservative and the most deceptive. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. You should only have people who actually filed the run. Shallow bench of GOP congressional candidates. Yes. N slash A. All gave some. Some gave all. Honor and remember our military fallen heroes and their families. Amen. Robin Ficker will be the next Montgomery County executive. Thank God Jorgina is gone. There aren't many principled conservatives in Maryland willing to fight. Mike Huff should run for governor in 2018. We like Mike. I don't think he's going to do. I, that. I, I don't, don't think he should do. I that, don't but. see that. Well, he's filed for re-election, so yeah. I think he's already. Yeah, I don't. I. Yeah, he's a good guy, though. We agree with you on that. Maryland needs to be a CCW shall issue state. Agree here. Here. Agree here. Let's win in 2018. Hogan strong. Stop including names of people who have not registered to run. You Brian, wanna, you want to help? Don't help. Okay. Do your own poll. Okay. For God's sake, people have announced they may run, they may not run. You know, buzz off. Jeez. (laughs) It's you. You're going. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. 
2018 election fraud, number one top story. Number one top story. Still throwing around the word conservative. Very few listed are. And if you're not filed to run, you shouldn't have shouldn't even be given space. <sighs> Pat McDonough for county executive. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Brian and Greg. And Merry Christmas to you. And yes. last but not least, in the current climate dealing with sexual harassment, it is embarrassing to have John Leopold running for office again. Yes. A complete waste of money and time. Yeah. Also, an observation as I live in Pasadena but work in Annapolis, Mike Panellides lost the election because of excessive negative mailings and campaigning. Focus on the issues in future campaigns. I don't think it helped. I think he might have lost anyway, but uh, that we've certainly heard that f- that opinion stated many times. Indeed. Uh, so are we going to take a break, before, and then we're going to come back and do the No, m- let's just do it. It's 924. Okay. Let's do 924. it. 924. So this is what you've all been waiting for, folks. You've this waited, is what I've been waiting you've for. You've waited 84 minutes. and uh, so Hopefully Pat- you've enjoyed the journey to get to the <laughs> I've enjoyed the journey. I know you have. I always enjoy the journey. Yeah. Well. <laughs> what does that mean? This is why we need more female voices. <laughs> uh, we need more female voices so that we make sure that we can do more than two shows in a week. Um, I'm just just go ahead, go, yeah. just go. So here, I'm I, ignoring folks, you. This is this is when, why start now. <laughs> um, so here's what we did. Okay, in past years, this is of course the fifth annual Red Maryland Award. That's right. Course. And in past years, we just told you, hey, this was the winner. So we want to recognize more people for excellence. Right. You know, we will identify people as finalists. Okay. So, so this so this week we're going to give you the finalist. The voting's done. The voting's still done. There's no more voting. So this week you'll get the finalists and we'll tease you just a little bit more. And next week we'll get the actual award winners. So you'll have a week maybe to contemplate the finalists that ooh, who among these are going to win. And then next week you'll get the results. It'll if you be- think that it's a shameless plug and shameless reason for you to come back and listen next week, you're right. Yeah, no, we have no shame. <laughs> Greg, what do we always say? Uh, standards are something. Ratings are everything. Damn right. So what we'll so we decided that we will announce the five finalists. Five finalists for each award. Right. Okay, and we will we will promote that and recognize them. And then next week, next week, by the way, will be a year in review show. It'll be our last show of the year. Yeah. And so we'll do a year in review. We'll 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 talk about 2017. We'll preview 2018, and we'll tell you who won these awards. So without any further ado, yes, we will announce the finalists. Finalists the for five finalists. The 2000, and we'll also reveal next week who the vote, well, who the winner or the overall winner was, and who the um, reader voted winner was which may or may not be a finalist so you definitely have to tune in next week the finalists for 2017 red maryland conservative of the year and by the way let me let me preface this while greg finds a drum roll let oh, me do you let me, I, I, it's not oh, okay. okay i'm sorry we're having technical difficulties. let me preface this by saying we have five fine we're announcing five finalists for every <laughs> as close as i could get we're announcing five finalists for every award except for the first one because there was a tie for fifth so we will actually be announcing actually be six six finalists for the award okay so the finalists for conservative of the year are Merrill, and this is an alphabetical order okay this is not an order of finish maryland republican party chairman dirk hare Governor Larry Hogan. Okay. Solid. Two consecutive wins, by the way, going for three in a row. Joey Lynn Huff. Okay. State Senator Michael Huff. Ah. Matt Mossberg. Okay. And 
Anne Arundel County Executive Steve Shu. Wow. Okay. Those are your six finalists. Strong. For Red So Maryland, there's a lot of drama next week. Of the year. Yeah. Not just the winner and who the vo- and who the readers voted for. Which Huff finishes ahead. <laughs> who wins in the Huff household? The next the next award. Yes. Is 2017 Red Maryland Conservative Organization of the Year. Conservative Organization of the Year. The five finalists are. And in alphabetical order. Change Maryland. Okay, solid. The District 32 Republican Club. All right, good going, guys. Greater Frederick Republican Women. Okay, love those guys. Maryland Against Physician-Assisted Suicide. Strong. Strong. And Montgomery County Teenage Republicans. Oh, okay, good. Nice. Our next award is Conservative Legislative Legislator, excuse me, of the Year. Conservative Legislator of the Year. The finalists are in alphabetical order. Once again, I put them not in alphabetical order on my thing. That was kind you of don't. Stupid, they don't have to be in alphabetical. Just name the final. State Senator Michael Huff. Okay. State Min- Senate Minority Leader J.B. Jennings. Okay. The aforementioned. House Minority Leader Nick Kipke. The aforementioned. State Senator Justin Reedy. Previous winner. And House Minority Whip Kathy Shalega. Ooh. Those are your five finalists. Leadership well represented. Legislative tour of the year. Okay. Our next category. Red Maryland Conservative County or Municipal Official of the Year. County or Municipal uh, Official. Official of the Year. Yes. The finalists are. Harford County Executive Barry Glassman. Okay, good. Frederick County Sheriff Chuck Jenkins. Sheriff Jenkins, sure. Howard County Executive Alan Kittleman. Interesting, all right. Baltimore County Councilman David Marks. Wow, did not expect that. And Anne Arundel County Executive Steve Shue. Okay. Our next award. That'll be interesting to see who wins that one. Red Maryland Conservative Campaign of the Year for 2017. Conservative Campaign of the Year. The finalists are Al Redmer for County Executive. All right. Appel for Alderman. Okay. Bowie Recall. Okay. They won. Change Maryland slash Larry Hogan. Okay. And Robin Ficker for County Executive. There you go. Our last category, of course, the most controversial every year. Oh, yes. So much so. Last category. This would be the least valuable conservative. And the finalists for Red Maryland's 2017 Least Valuable Conservative. Least Valuable Conservative. Your nominees are. Frederick County Councilman Kirby DeLauder. (laughs) Ami Hober. Okay. Dick Jergina. Wow. All right. Frederick County Councilman Billy Shreve. (laughs) And Delegate Chris West. Wow. Yeah. You know what? Just to be a finalist is impressive from the list that they were called from. <laughs> yes. Seriously, that, that was that was interesting. All right. Greg, your initial thoughts on our finalist list. I, I, I can't wait to see who wins. I don't know who wins. Um and I and I and I'm fascinated. I know who I voted for. Some of those names obviously were people I voted for, some I'm very surprised by. And uh what is the most surprising nominee on the list that you have that's that I gave to you there? I'm surprised that Jorgino is so high on the least valuable conservative. I know there was controversy around him. There are so many other candidates. Um, I think that uh, I'm surprised by some of the some of the campaigns 
on there. Well, I mean, let me say this. Which was a tough year to do that. I was going to say, it was the, the, the pickings were slim. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, because um, uh, and I, I won't I, reveal I, too much about my ballot right now, but it's hard to vote for people who don't win. I think it is. Yeah. I think it is. <laughs> And um, there wasn't a lot of winning happening. This there was, year. and the, the the organizations was pretty wide open. I know there were some great people who were campaigning, which we certainly encourage. So there's some great groups on there, but but uh, was was curious to see who made the final cut on those. So that was interesting. Yeah, but Lisa Value Conservative. I don't. I have no idea who it's going to be. I know who I voted for. Some of the people I voted for are in those finalists. Some aren't, um, which is okay. So we'll see. I'll, I'm dying to know. Yeah, but so- I'll have to wait next week. Just like you. Yeah. So there you go. And we will, uh, we, again, all of this we posted at redmaryland.com after the show. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure that there will be controversy about us dragging this out for another week. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. I don't really care. I think, I first off, I think having the finalist is great because some of the people, some of the people being a finalist is the win. Yes. You know, it's like, it's like getting an Academy Award nomination. That's the victory. You can say I'm a Red Maryland Award nominated yeah. or a Red Maryland Award finalist. You can put that on your resume. Yes. I think I, think I would put it on there. Well, of course you would. You are a connoisseur of these things. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know what you're talking about either, but... But yeah, so so there you go. Why don't we go ahead and start to uh, to wrap it up? Yes, here on Red Maryland Radio. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Particularly Thank if you. you've made it this far. Uh, there and everybody of, who participated in the poll. Yes, definitely. There was a lot of ground to cover tonight. A lot of important issues. Um, and look, like, as Greg said, this sexual harassment thing is is gonna blow at some point. Okay, I mean it's gonna. There's going. I to hope be it a, does. I there's it going does. to be an explosion at some point. And it could. The lo- the it, magma it will be, is right there. It will be ugly. And. Uh, it should. It should. You. I have. You really I have a sense as to some of the names that are going to get caught up in it. I have a sense that I will be disappointed in some of the names that get caught up in it. But um, it's not going to make you happy. No, it's going to make you happy. No. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll keep keep tabs on that. You know, we'll see what what happens. Long overdue, though. We have, by the way, a whole suite of shows here on the Red Maryland Network. We do. Some of them even air every week. Um, we we do our best always. <laughs> on Fridays we have Red Maryland's election focus. Now, in Greg's defense on this, you can't have a show if nobody's if nobody's getting back to you to schedule interviews. Well, it's so. the holiday season. That's part of the problem, and uh, a lot of people are waiting to file at this point. Uh, we've got a lot of great shows in the can, and I encourage you to go back and check those. We've done about thirteen shows so far, so. We've interviewed lots of great candidates, and we'll interview more in the new year, but we won't have a new show this week. Sundays is the Air Raid with yours truly. I was able, as you can tell, to, to, to rip off a show last week when I got home. And I got a question about it this morning when I was on the radio. That was that was actually not about this week's show. That was about last week's show. I know. I, I'm trying to help you out. I'm helping okay. a brother well, out here. I mean, Roy Moore is kind of old news at this point. Yeah, so. Except unless you're the Arundel Patriot, and that's all you're, you're slobbering and writing about. Tuesdays, occasionally, yeah. is Red Maryland's uh, other flagship show, Conservative Refuge Radio. Yeah. It is. I try to do it. If you miss it, God bless you, and I apologize. And it'll be back next Thursday. The flagship Red Maryland Radio again, our last show of the year. Yes, where we will again, we will we will review 2017, the year that was. We will preview. That was the year that was 2017. Well, we'll pre- we'll talk a little bit about 2018 and what's going to be coming up. Uh, you know, because we'll look, we'll swim in planet planet us for a couple minutes. We'll talk about Red Maryland's year. We'll talk because it was a big year for Red Maryland. Don't don't take that. You know, not just because it was our 10th anniversary year, but, you know, there was a lot going on at Red Maryland this year. Yeah. And, um, 
Yeah, we'll, we'll preview what Red Maryland's going to be doing in 2018. Uh, when we go back and look, I'm sure I'll be surprised. I'll probably think that some stuff that happened this year, so much has happened. I'll think, oh, man, I thought that was years ago. I know, right? It was this year. A lot happened. Kind of like our anniversary event. That seems like it was like a decade ago. It does seem not, like a long time. It was a great event, by ago. the way. We're sorry if you missed it. If you were there, thank you for coming out. And, uh, and of course, we also will unveil the award winners next week as well. We will. Don't miss, don't miss an episode of Red Maryland Radio or any other Red Maryland Network programming. You're going to you get it straight to your device of choice. That's yeah. what you do. Go That's to redmaryland.com slash subscribe. Yeah. And you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, the TuneIn Radio app, and Google Play. Make it the first look. If you get a new device for Christmas, yeah. make it the first thing you do. Just subscribe, man, and you'll get it automatically. Listen, you don't listen. We hope you do, but just subscribe. Don't cost nothing. And you can and look, you can you can also subscribe to our newsletter and yeah. have it all delivered directly. You know, all the best of Red Maryland delivered right to your inbox. Don't cost nothing. Don't cost nothing. And look, go to Red Maryland. Click on the support us link. It'll tell you how you can print flyers, be part of our street team. It'll yes. tell you how you can um, you can donate money to us. PayPal.me/slash Red Maryland is how you want to do that. You know, look, we're not out there begging for money for six months. You know. Right. Having fundraisers out there for six months that nobody's donating to, we're just gonna say, yeah, hey, we don't got do a, that. You got a couple of bucks, throw them our and, way. And people have been generous, and we and every penny, and then some goes back into oh, Red Maryland, especially the end, then some. Yeah, uh, and of yeah. course you can click on our Amazon link and make your last minute Christmas purchases. Yes, through that Red Maryland link, a portion. Do of that again. That costs nothing. It's an extra click when you go shop at Amazon, but it makes a big difference to us. Yeah, and you can also go to zazzle.com/slash Red Maryland buy new Red Maryland Network gear. By the way, with yeah, our we're transitioning that. out to our to our new logo for 2018, and uh, you can get a preview of that. I'm sure I'll start updating social media here very soon with that. But. Yeah, they got great. We got great new shirts and all sizes and styles and mugs and mouse pads. Yeah. Bags, if you're Bags. into that. Um, <laughs> coffee, like you said, mugs, steins, right. you know, all sorts of things. The world is your oyster. It's customize your Red Maryland product as yeah. you wish. We appreciate it. it helps us. We get to... a little bit, and it helps us, and it's great. Yeah. And they're actually very reasonably priced. Some of these, some of these places, they'll charge you. They'll kill you for the price of the shirt, uh, and and the, you know, whoever's doing it doesn't get anything. These are reasonably priced. We get a nice cut. It's great. Zazzle.com. Yeah, we got a couple bucks for every every purchase. It's, yeah. it's a it's a beautiful thing. So uh, buy that stuff, and we'll, and we'll try to we'll try to have more creative designs this year. You know, not everybody wants to wear a Red Maryland logo shirt. Somebody, you want something funny? You want something right. kind of what our buddy Rob Carson does over on on, on his conservatives line. And and there won't be any crossover. He'll do his thing. We'll do our thing. But you got lots of choices. Yeah. Um, and, of course, social media, Facebook.com slash Red Maryland yes. is where you want to go with that, as well as Instagram.com slash Red Maryland, and on Twitter, at Red Maryland. That's right. You contact us, Greg, at RedMaryland at gmail.com. Good old-fashioned electronic mail. And you could, of course, call us on the Red Maryland Talkback line, 410-205-4875. What's that number? 410-205-4875. We will feature your comments on a future Red Maryland Network program. So if you have any comments about anything we talked about here today, feel free to come and just blow us up. We like we love it. And look, the more negative it. the better. We like putting that crap on and if, there. Yeah. And if they're yeah. And the only time we haven't played them is when, when they've been, you know, completely defamatory and we don't want to get sued. But yes. other than that, I mean you can say horrible things about us. We don't care. <laughs> you know, the more negative the better. We welcome it. We relish it. Greg, any final thoughts? Uh thanks again everybody who participated in the poll. Congratulations to the finalists. Stay tuned for next week and our year end show where we reveal the 
award winners. We're looking forward to that, and and, uh, I'll look forward to that with you, Brian. Indeed. So for everybody here at the network, thank you very much for listening. For Greg Klein, I am Brian Grievous. You have been listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. Where we love technology. We do love technology. Love it so much. Ah. Oh, radio, tell me everything you know. I, I, I push the button. Believe you every it says word. it's playing Just it. tell me so. <laughs> Why don't you just pause it and try it again? Okay, let's that do that. This is fun. Now this is a, this is drama. Oh, look at now, this. It still it. doesn't work. All right, we're going to Good night, go. everybody. <laughs>